and our hope and our desire is that we want to know Him more and more. I mean, if Jessica and I met and started talking January 18th and went on a date January 23rd, and I took I talked to her one day a week for 20 minutes a day, do you think we would have lasted three or four months? Probably not. <laughs> but I want to know her. I want to get to know her and because I want to get to know her, I spend time with her. And so as we continue this series about called to die and we think about living for Christ and we think about dying to self, I want us to answer this simple question. Can we walk with God and not know God's word? Can we walk with God and not know his word? Absolutely not. You can't grow in a relationship if there's no communication. And God's word is his communication to us. And so if we are truly going to die to self and live for Christ, we have to search God's word to figure out how we are to live. The life that he has for us. Because we die to self and we live for him. And so many people believe that, that God will somehow give this treasure of wisdom and insight by osmosis. Man, if I, maybe if I just put the Bible on my lap, then maybe I'll gain some knowledge about God. Or maybe there's some other way that I'm just going to automatically know things about God. There is no way around this truth. If you want to get to know somebody, you have to spend time with them. And if we want to get to know God, we have to spend time in his word. Osmosis doesn't happen. We have to mine for it. And the mine shaft goes through the pages of scripture. It's something that we have to dig for. Man, one thing that I've learned with surveying is there are some places that you've got to dig for. Yesterday, we had to dig literally about 18 inches down into the ground to find a section corner. All right? If I just kind of skim over the top and kind of move my foot over and, oh, sorry, didn't find it. I'm just giving up on it. And yet, that's what society has taught. If it doesn't come easy, then it's not worth it. But as I said a few weeks ago, it is worth following Jesus. We can't give up just because things don't make sense to us. We can't give up just because it's hard to sometimes understand things. We have to search for that treasure. We have to search for that wisdom. I mean, think about it. If Rust, Mr. Rusty was to come tomorrow morning and say, okay, last night I buried a million dollars somewhere on this campus. Would you not stop until you found that treasure? And then not only that, if one of your, would you guys say that you have some friends here, develop friendships and things like that? If one of your friends went to get in the way of you trying to get that million dollars, would you not shove them out the way? I'm just, sorry, Mr. Rusty. I'm, I'm going to do my best to shove you out the way. All right. I'm going to search and I'm going to take those hindrances that are getting in my way, push them out of the way until I find that treasure. And yet so many times we think that if we just merely skim over the Bible, we're going to profit from it. But that's not the case. We must dig and mine until we obtain the hidden treasure. There are so many Christians, including many who have been believers for several years, that are clueless about the truth of Scripture. 
There are Christians who can't find Psalms or Matthew, and they think that Isaac and Jacob are a boys' band. Some of you guys will get that later. Listen to this, and this is a very bold but truthful statement. Most Christians can't even quote a Bible verse for every year that they've been a Christian. Could you quote one Bible verse for every year that you've been a a Christian? That's the reality of where we're at. We know the theme songs to television shows. We can quote dozens of movie lines. We can sing hundreds of lyrics from the radio. But whenever it comes to the Bible, there are so many people that are biblically illiterate. Why? Because we haven't spent time in it. We haven't spent time growing from it. I'm guilty of this. We, we listen to podcasts or we listen to different sermons and think, well, I've spent time with God. Those things are important. But that is what God has revealed to somebody else. And I'm here to say tonight that God is wanting to reveal something to you individually, personally. And He wants us to spend time in His Word. <clears throat> Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance towards God's Word. Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance towards God's word. But listen, the devil himself cannot invent a temptation in which is not met in the pages of Scripture. He can't. There's nothing that he's going to come up with that hasn't been met with the pages of Scripture. We're told as we looked at that series of winning the battle, we looked several weeks about the armor of God and the sword of that we have, which is the Word of God. And the sword is the offensive weapon that you and I have to fight off the temptations of Satan. And so are we preparing to use it? Are we preparing that sword? We have to get into the Word of God. If your house leaked during a huge thunderstorm and it dripped on your computer, your clothes, your bed, and your phone, do you think you would notice Also, if that happened, do you not think that you would want to do whatever you can to fix that as quickly as possible? Uh, I remember that uh, freeze that we had back in February. Um, I was down in Grapevine uh, with Jessica and her family. There was uh, 10 adults, um, one child, four dogs, and two cats all in the house together. (laughs) Fun times. Um, (laughs) But uh, we, we ended up calling it Lynn Sanity by the end of the week. Um, Because our last name's Lynn, so I was with the Lynn family, and we had some Lynn sanity by the end of the week. But anyway, so whenever we get back to her parents' house, we walk in, and there was a pipe that had busted, and it was leaking into the living room. So three months later, that is still dripping, right? No. They got it fixed as soon as possible. As soon as they could get somebody there, they got that leak fixed because they didn't want it to cause issues down the road and yet the truth is many of us have spiritual and moral leaks in our lives and we aren't doing anything to fix it there's spiritual and moral leaks in our life because of philosophies that we've got from this world or or ideas that we've got from other people and they're leaking into our lives and we aren't doing anything about it we have sin dripping in on our values and our beliefs we have evil creeping into the crevices of our heart. We have wicked thoughts in our mind. 
And it's time that we get into the life-changing truth of God's Word and allow the Spirit of God to transform our lives. The only way that we don't go into sin, the only way that we don't give in to temptation is for our mind and our hearts to be transformed according to Romans 12 too. We've got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that comes from getting into the Word of God. It comes by spending time with Him. You guys know how it is. Um, whenever you spend time with somebody, especially somebody that you're not used to being around, they have these little catchphrases, right? And so after a little bit of time of spending time with them, you start picking up on these little catchphrases, right? Am I the only one that does that? All right. A couple months after hanging out with Mr. Rusty, I caught myself, start saying, if somebody would tell me a problem, I'd go, oh, <laughs> that sound familiar? Yes. Anybody know? Yes. All right. Whenever I started working with uh, Trey and, and TPS and I started hanging around Ryan and working with Ryan all the time, he would say, that's what's up all the time. That, that's what's up. A couple months into it, guess what I started saying? That's what's up. We start acting like the people that we're around. And so if people were to look at our lives, could they tell that we've been around our Savior or that we've been around the world? Can they tell by our actions? Can they tell by our speech who we've been spending time with? Do we need to know what is in the heart of God? Do we need wisdom when we're confused? Do we need peace when our world gets turned upside down? Do we need encouragement because we have failed or we've been betrayed? Do we need faith to believe God is good in the good times and the bad? Those things come from studying the Word of God. It's one of those times, and Andrew, you said this earlier, if you don't hear anything else tonight, hear this. We cannot say that God is silent if our Bible is closed. So many times, but man, I, I, I prayed about it, but God's silent. When's the last time you got in the Word? When's the last time that you heard from God? He, he's just silent. I haven't spent time with Him in two weeks, but He's just silent. We cannot say that God is silent when our Bible is closed. And so tonight, I, I want us to look at the importance of spending time in the Word of God. And this is a very familiar passage very familiar verse. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And so let's just look at a few of these words that are mentioned here in verse 12. It says that the, the word of God is alive. It's not archaic. It isn't old, but it's living. It's the living word. God's truth may have been written centuries ago, but is more up to date than any book on engineering, law, or medicine because it reveals timeless insight about man's heart and God's character. I, I promise you that if you were to look at science books today, they wouldn't have the exact same information that they did whenever I was in high school. And yet you look at the word of God and it's got the exact same information about man's heart and God's character. It's timeless. It doesn't change. It hasn't changed. 
The things of God don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the Bible reveals to us man's heart and God's character. It says that it is alive and that it is powerful. It's powerful. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ because it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. Time out, pause. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are heading to destruction. Okay? It's not like you die and then all of a sudden God decides, oh, well, sorry, you're going. You are heading for destruction. Ephesians 2 says that we are dead in our sins. Romans 5 tells us that we are enemies of God. And so we are enemies of God heading to hell because of our sin and we're headed to destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. It's the power of God. And so in this book, it reveals the power of God. It shows us those things. It gives us peace whenever we feel anything but peace. It gives us hope, reminding us that God is in control. It reminds us that even in the valleys that God is with us. This book has power. Um, It says that it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It has no blunt side. It cuts both ways. It cuts going in and it cuts going out. And we'll talk about this a little bit more whenever we get to the next verse. It says that it cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Listen to this little tidbit that I found out. Doctors at the Livermore Institute invented a pipette. Anybody know what a pipette is? A little water laser? All right. A water laser is so sharp, it can slice human hair lengthwise. Lengthwise, okay? Not, not let's get somebody's really long hair that hasn't cut it in a while. It can cut it lengthwise 3,000 times. 3,000 times. I tried finding a YouTube video so we could watch it, but I couldn't find one. <laughs> cut it lengthwise 3,000 times. And yet, the Word of God is even sharper than that. I mean, think about that. that that's, I can see the faces. That is mind-boggling. Uh, the Livermore Institute, a pipette, P-I-P-E-T. And so, God's Word is even sharper. Rusty, don't start looking at it now. No, oh, okay. He's on his Bible. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, But God's word is even sharper than that. It cuts deeply and accurately into the most remote corners of our hearts. Listen, and then it heals and it changes us. It cuts deeply, that one side going in, but then it heals whenever it comes out. It heals us because only in his word can we find healing. We find the words of Jesus saying, peace be with you. We find John 16, that in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. Have peace. I have overcome the world. 
It's the scripture, the word of God that we have that heals us and encourages us. There is no part of us that the word of God cannot penetrate. There's no part of us that the word of God can't penetrate. It it, it cuts us. And it goes to the deepest, darkest crevices of our heart and of our minds. And if we allow the spirit of God, it will transform our hearts to bring us out of darkness, to bring us out of whatever sin we're dealing with, and to let us live that victorious life, that life of laying down ourselves and living for Jesus that sees through us and it searches every single part of us. And then Hebrews 4.12 says it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. When we begin to study the Scriptures, when those times of temptations come into our lives, the living, God, the living Word of God starts to come into our mind and our heart. And, and so whenever we're faced with a temptation, man, I, I've encouraged you guys before that if there's a temptation, a sin that you're dealing with, find Scripture to fight that temptation. Find verses that are going to give you victory over those temptations. And so whenever those things come to our mind, even just yesterday, we had a situation happen and I wanted the human side of my words to come out and Ephesians 4.29 came to mind. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is edifying to the church. And in that moment, I was faced with the decision, do I die to self, live for Christ, and obey Scripture or let the flesh come out. We're faced with so many decisions each and every day and each and every week. Do we obey Scripture or do we deny it? In 2 Timothy, another familiar passage, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every, excuse me, good work. The scriptures are not only profitable for salvation, but for sanctification and Christian growth as well. How many of you guys understand the word of sanctification? Somewhat? No? A little bit? Alright, whenever you come to Jesus Christ, He forgives you, He cleanses you, you are a new creation, but you are not into the image of His Son. And Romans eight twenty nine says that He wants us to be conformed into the image of His Son. And so sanctification is the process of us becoming less and less of ourselves, as John wrote in John 3.30, and becoming more and more like Jesus. And, and so have we allowed Scripture to sanctify us? Have we allowed Scripture to cleanse us to where we are less and less of ourselves and more and more like Jesus? Because that's what the scripture is useful for. It teaches us, it corrects us, it challenges us, it shows us right from wrong. And it shows us how to live a righteous life. Are we using the word of God for those things? It's not just simply a roadmap of how to get to heaven, 
but the roadmap of the Christian life and it has exactly what we need for faith and for doctrine. Yes, this points us to Jesus. Yes, this shows us the need for Jesus, but it also teaches us how we should live for Jesus. And so if we're going to have this process of sanctification, we have to know the Word of God. The Word of God simply equips us for exactly what we need, and it is the blueprint of life. And so I, I did a little bit of studying on how important it is that we study the Word of God for ourselves. Um, so many times we think, well, I, I mean, isn't that why Justin comes out on Wednesdays? I mean, he, he hears from God and then tells us what needs to be. Isn't that what Mr. Kevin comes out for? And Listen, God wants to spend time with you. All right? And so here's a few different things about hearing the Word of God. All right? Experts say that about 10% of what we hear stays with us. I could probably, I, I would almost venture out to say that I could preach a sermon that I did six months ago and you guys would remember hardly anything about it. All right? That, that's just the reality of it. Uh, the reality of it. Because experts say we only hear about 10% uh, or retain about 10% of what we hear. And so Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so hearing is important, but it's only the first step. Reading the Word of God. We absorb about 25% of what we read. So whenever we sit down and read, we absorb about 25% of that. And so Deuteronomy 17, 19 says, He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear the Lord his God by obeying all of the terms of his instructions and his decrees. Reading reinforces truth so that we can understand and obey God. Many people don't know what God's will is, but we can know His will if we study His Word. And so we're instructed to study this daily. So we've got hearing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, but then studying the Word of God. Hearing and reading are effective, but the discipline of studying, experts say, allows us to learn and apply up to 50% of what we read. All right? So you see this progress, 10%. 25%, we're up to 50% of hearing or studying the Word. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Oh, excuse me, this is Proverbs 2, 3 through 5. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge. Um, this kind of one of those, you, you need to hear this type moments. All right? We will be motivated to study God's Word only whenever we become passionate about knowing God. Until we are passionate about knowing God, we're not going to be motivated about getting into this. Because let's just be real honest. It's sometimes hard to understand the Bible. I mean, Leviticus, come on. <laughs> but if we are passionate about knowing God, we will be motivated to get into His Word. And so do you want to know God more? Do you want to grow in your relationship? 
If that's the case, we're going to be motivated to study the Word. To get into the Word. Then we memorize the Word. 80% of what we memorize stays with us. 80%. All right? How many of you guys hadn't heard a song in 10 years, but it used to be your favorite song? And it comes on the radio. You're not even 10 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) And so we hear that song, and for the most part, we can sing along with it. Sing the lyrics with it. Why? Because there's a point and a time that we had memorized it. How is that with Scripture? Are we doing our part of memorizing Scripture? And I know I've said this statement before, but you look at the trajectory of how this world is going, I would encourage you to memorize. Because there may be a day that we don't have this physical copy in front of us. Psalm 119, 9-11 says, How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that my, I might not sin against you. Memorize. And that goes back to if we memorize Scripture and whenever times of temptation come, that memorization of Scripture is there to use the sword and to fight temptation and to fight that battle. But then listen to this. Meditate on the Word. Meditate on the Word. Soaking ourselves in God's Word is 100% effective. Joshua 1.8 says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Studying for sermons, I put anywhere from 8 to 12, 14 hours a week into studying for a sermon. Trying to find information, trying to find scriptures, trying to figure out different things. That sermon that I was talking about six months ago, I could probably go study it tonight and preach it again tomorrow night. Why? Because I meditated on those things. I meditated on those words that I was going to say. I meditated on those scriptures that was going to be preached about for that sermon. And because of that, it's in me. Are we memorizing scripture? Are we meditating on the word of God? Every other religion is this concept of emptying your mind and emptying yourself. But Christianity is filling yourself up with Jesus. Filling yourself up with the Word of God. Allowing Him to transform us. Allowing Him to make us new. The truth found on the pages of the Bible are worth more than silver and gold. It's worth more than that million dollars that Mr. Rusty is going to bury tonight. That you guys are going to go find tomorrow. Some of you guys are like, real it's worth more than that they hold the keys to success and fulfillment but these treasures aren't available for free listen these treasures require effort and they require discipline 
But my question for us tonight, is it worth it to find that treasure? Are you passionate about knowing God? And if so, you're going to do whatever you can to seek Him. That's going to be spending time in the Word of God. That's going to be listening to worship music that's uplifting to His name. That's going to be maybe listening to different preachers or different podcasts or reading different books. There's going to be things about us that just want to know God intimately and passionately so that we can serve Him, that we can know Him. Is it worth it? John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The only way that we're sanctified is by truth. And that truth comes from the word of God. Last thing, but definitely not least. A dusty Bible leads to a dirty life. A dusty Bible leads to a dirty life. If you aren't in this word, it is inevitable that you're going to be looking more and more like the world. Will you die to self, get into the word of God, and learn what it means to live for Jesus? I'm going to ask that you guys bow your heads, close your eyes.